Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Mark, and you can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And today we're going to be talking about minute number 68 of Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is going to start with King Atlan placing that mother box atop the temple uh, podium pedestal. Altar. Altar thing. You know, he's doing he's doing the King Atlan thing right now. And then the minutes are going to end with the humans and King Arthur, and I'm assuming this is his round table of knights, uh, burying the human mother box, which we'll get into. But in my opinion, the most important thing about this minute is the Amazons dealing with their mother box. Because we already talked about the Atlanteans in the last minute, and we have plenty of things to talk about with the humans in this one, but... Um, yeah, yesterday we were talking a bit about the colors of the mother box. Obviously, I think it's safe to say it's obvious that the Amazons have the red mother box, and I think that's what yes. the colors uh, here represent. Because, uh, yeah, you are right, Nate. Everything in this room is red. The sunlight, the beams, the mother box itself is red. Everything about it is red. Um and it starts with this little shot here, kind of like a callback to the temple where they were guarding the mother box, where they kind of use those giant uh, pins to hold in kind of like their the physics of their door mechanism, uh, which I think is really cool because that, that means this is an actual set that they built, uh, that they would have like, you know, the stunt performer like hammer that, that nail out of, of the doorway. Yeah. And, you know, making this wall here and that window, it's like, yes, obviously behind the scenes, that's not how it's really working, but it still looks like they created this set to explain the physics of the machine, especially with like the gap in the wall where like the pin comes out of. And then on the other side, you see the other gap and how it raises up the window. It seems like they at least created the set to look like it should explain how the physics works. I think it does a pretty fine job of it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I'm very curious as to what this room is, this magic enchanting type room. Um, that's obviously in a really tall tower. Uh, we had a note about things being in tall towers on Themyscira back in Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what we said, but, what houses? We said something yeah. about <laughs> we said something about things being on the top of towers. Yeah, some kind of it's an atrium that like houses all the uh, weapons of the gods that they've been gifted and stuff. Now like that's, that. I think it would probably be safe to assume that where this is happening is in that same that's stronghold. What I, that's what I, that's my thought as well. That's what I yeah. was thinking um, um, because it's not the it's not where they take um, the mother box later. No, and I wonder if this room is just like the normal process of how they imbue weapons with magic. Mm-hmm. What if this is like a pseudo Hephaestus workshop or something that, you know, was given to them to, to make their weapons or maybe there was a time where Hephaestus was, am I, is it Hephaestus? Is that, um, no. Who's the other guy? Hestia. What do you who's mean? making the, who's making Hephaestus. the Amazon? Hephaestus? Yeah. What's Hestia doing? Hestia was the, you know, had that weapon made in her honor. The lasso oh. of Hestia. Kind of okay. like the boots of Hermes. Because she was the god of truth. Okay, Yeah, I get it. the Got sword it. of All Athena right. and it. stuff like that. 
Okay. Uh, um. Anyway, so so maybe this was like a cool. I don't know tower uh, workshop that's been going that was going at at a point. It's um, uh. It's my inference that these might also be oracles. These two Amazons that are kind of. Uh, how would you say cleansing this mother box? They're just enchanting, enchanting, you know, like cleansing. Yeah, cleansing I guess it the, would be just cleansing the, because the they're sage just... on there and the yeah. you know, getting out the dragon's blood and putting all that stuff on there. And man, I love that incense. Oh, it's so good. That's a great incense. And that's I, you know, I would be like, okay, well, uh, everyone on Themyscira, they do kind of have professions. Like you have your senators, and sometimes we even question if every Themyscira person is an Amazon. Uh, you know, because you also have. You know, Diana had a teacher at some point on Themyscira. So they all have, like, professions. And obviously they do have oracles on Themyscira. Like, maybe these could be oracles. Maybe these could be the ones who are like, oh, yeah, no, uh, Queen Apollo has ordered us to encase the the mother box in magic. So they would have to be the ones to do it. I mean, it can't just be science. It can't just be the sunlight and... You know, what they're doing is a magical enchantment. I think what they're doing is obviously ritualistic. Yeah. And it has to do with the gods. Um, who's, who's sun god in, in Greek? Apollo. Apollo. Yeah. Apollo is, has or sometimes color, a color palette of red. If it's not Apollo, it would be Helios. But, um, you know, either way, they would have to call forth that kind of energy yes and um so yeah i think for me it's safe to say that these two would be oracles but i could be totally wrong but yeah so all of this everything that we're seeing here on themiscara begs the question of why was the amazon's mother box able to break from that containment let me revise that. The humans did open up and it did get used and then it did get put back into another container that con- contained it, per se. Um, the one on, uh, in, in Atlantis, that broke open, did it not? That broke open right before Steppenwolf teleported in, didn't he? Didn't it? Or was it just like shaking and crazy and then it went silent and then teleport opened? That's a... I can't remember if it broke open or not, but uh, that's a really good question. Yeah. Wait, because now I'm thinking, when did they break that one open? When he gets the mother box. They all started making noise when Superman died. But when he... The mother box in Themyscira broke open Yeah. a few weeks after the death, at the beginning of this movie. Three weeks, I think we said. Well, it, it cracks right then when he dies, because it tears. Oh yeah, okay. It it it, it, bre- tear. it tears yeah. with it the, breaks when he dies, and then it's been like six weeks of it just screaming. six weeks later, and then it cracks open completely when it's the chase. Yeah. Um. Maybe cyborg. I think cyborg keeps the human one quiet because he can communicate with it. Because he's it born from up. it. It opened up in his closet. It started going, and then it went quiet again because it was in its little 
glass box. Yeah, but Silas did activate the mother box on his I own. Think, yeah, before. No matter what, the mother box, the mother boxes, the mother boxes broke open as a result of the death of the Kryptonian. But also, that's just like that's its that's its calling card. Like it was just waiting for that bell to ring. So, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Just, uh, Ding dong, God is dead. It's the same thing as like, like in last minute dead, when right? they were like, "Oh yeah, the mother boxes are like, oh, I give up," and then now they're like, "Oh wait, now's a good time to yeah. wake up." Now's a good time to wake up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and just seeing the final product of this mother box that the Amazons have where it is kind of like in that red stone metal casing um, and to know that the sun did that like it just kind of baked this casing on there and that she's like holding it with her bare hands that's like okay this thing is this is a crazy relic it's not just some red painted um, piece of resin that they have it's uh actually quite impressive and uh just really cool really cool stuff from from the amazons um it does kind of confirm the the color coding here and um where they decide to keep it and where the atlanteans decide to keep it it's a very monumental place like obviously the amazons constructed this huge kind of battle cage for the mother box and then atlanteans they had that whole altar Mm-hmm. Where they were going to place some other box, and they even call it a stronghold, or or the other guy, and um, uh, oh Volko, <laughs> Volko calls yeah. it a stronghold. I believe he uses that word. Uh, all that yeah. stuff, yeah. And then we cut over to King Arthur, and the Knights of the Round Table. Just a bunch of dumb guys. <laughs> Just a bunch of dumb guys. Don't know what they're doing. I don't. I've I've said this before on the podcast, right? Yeah. About the, the this hole in the ground. Yeah. What what's going on here? <laughs> so at first it's fun to poke fun and, and joke around about it. I get it. And I will join that train of, of let's 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 bag on, on Arthur and, and his boys just digging a hole to put this thing in there. I'll do that all day. There are some things points of dialogue that are said in previous movies, uh in one previous movie that makes me rethink that joke and it makes it a lot more poetic but face value men just burying this thing after us seeing these you know mythological societies do this craziness to this thing just and uh you know you get the you, you get the world's best blacksmith to smelt this insane crazy box right great uh craftsmanship to this thing what does arthur do yeah just bury it dude is that even that blacksmith's probably like, what? Are you kidding? Is, you can't even like put it on a display behind glass. That's not even it. six feet. Is that six feet? It uh, maybe like four. I think what's what's sad about this shot. It's a great shot. I don't think humans were six feet back then. That's <laughs> true too. Um, is that what's crazy about this shot? Is that as it pans over the ground into the hole. Before the shot even completes itself, you can already see the bottom of the hole. I think that's the most telling part about it. It's like you don't even have to go like, oh, I wonder how far the hole is as we peer over. It's like, no, here's the bottom already. Like the shot hasn't even finished yet and I see the mother box. That's how shallow it is. Yeah. You had 
a whole round table of people here digging. And they came here with this and they said, and the King Arthur with the, with the head nod of like, looks good. Let's do it. Go ahead, throw that box in there. Like, that's it? No bottom of the ocean. No, <laughs> no throw it in some pit. No throw it into the fire. No volcano. Nothing. Throw it in the six feet hole. Three feet hole. Yeah, right here. This is good enough. Not even going to put right? in a dungeon or a castle or... Guards. Anything. Nothing. No Jabberwocky just sleeping on it or something like that? Excuse me? You're going to have the dance team just hanging out on this no, thing? No, the dragon Jabberwocky the team Excuse is... Excuse me? Dance You're going to have the dance thing around the this dance thing? dance team is based on a story called the Jabberwocky. Look it up. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, uh, so... Or the other things uh, King Arthur fought. No Merlin's going to put it at the bottom of a lake? That's the easiest one. You know what? The I mean, other... you already got the lady in there. You know what would have been cool? And huh. I don't know if the Holy Grail is still a thing in this King Arthur's world, but like they should have done away with this mother box as if it was the Holy Grail and like put it somewhere that was like so that this mother box is actually the, the Holy, Holy Grail, Grail of their universe, which I don't know. Maybe Maybe it is. Maybe the only way it comes back up again is because Percival somehow finds the Holy Grail and it's this mother box itself, which is kind of not hard to find. It's in a three-foot hole. But uh. um, So the, the redeeming qualities of this three-foot hole. <clears throat> the main one that I found, and it was from just re-watching the movie, in Dawn of Justice at the end, Mm-hmm. Superman is getting buried and Father Leone is saying a passage from yes. you know that that cute little book that we got in that passage the end of his uh, phrase is something along the lines of um, and the earth shall give birth to her dead that line stuck with me because that is a direct correlation between what we're seeing right here this mother box being buried in the earth and it giving birth to her dead Superman getting brought back up. So in a very crude way, it fits. It's That's prophecy, you know? So that was my thing of more recently watching Dawn of Justice and, and, and hearing that and being like, oh, that makes sense. That makes even more sense of why he would have chosen to have the humans bury the box. Yeah. You know, obviously in, in human culture and that whole, you know, ritualistic thing, the act of burying into the earth is known. That's just a thing shared across all cultures, usually. Um, so, I mean, it's fitting here with it just being the, uh, you know, very Arthurian mythology of of uh, this type of storytelling, of just having them bury it. Um, you know, it's not like they put it, you know, behind a, in a cave with a big rock and then three days later it's gone or some bullshit. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? It's like the, it makes sense in context of thinking about Arthurian mythology, what their tools were, what man's, the capability of what men could comprehend in that time. Yeah. Um, and just like how they would deal with problems. It makes sense. I think it, yeah. Um, 
I think it definitely it, makes sense in like in all three boxes of one, this is them kind of trying to describe the hubris of man and how they do barely anything to hide it. And so that's why it gets uncovered by the Nazis. I think two, it's also Zack Snyder doing poetic justice of Dawn of Justice and how he buries Clark at the end and how he buries some other box. I think you're correct in that one. And then I also think it's just correct in like, oh, this is what humans back then would have actually done with a relic. This is, you know, they didn't have the technology to create a, a, a landfill or a sinkhole and bury it in some monumentous way. Like, this is how men of that time really would. This is the technology that they had at the time. All they could do was bury things this deeply. They didn't have technology to dig any further or the manpower or the strength. So I think it's realism. I think it's poetry. And I think it's just, you know, hubris, <laughs> um, which sucks because they do. It's not a good job. It's the worst thing they could have done. Um, and so obviously if, if Nazis start bombing a part of Europe, it's going to unearth such a thing. Um, or, I don't know, again, maybe someone someone just knows where to find, where to find it. Because, you know, I started thinking too, like, who is it, uh, you know, who are they to, 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 what, keep their secrets with King Arthur? It's not like they're all just going to, like... Yes, but then there is also that side of... of the call it what you will story or actual historical events of with the Nazi regime's factuation of uh, paranormal things and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and artifacts and, and treasure hunting and all this other crap. I mean, hell, they made three Indiana Jones movies about it, you know? Four. Um, the Crystal Skull. The, the Crystal Skull, they were Nazis, they were Russians. It was Area 51, it was different, so come on. But yeah, okay, okay. No, 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 stop. I'll have that argument all freaking day. That movie took place in the time in the Cold of War. The 60s. Yeah, 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 yeah. When, when, when aliens were all the rage, you know? I get it. So anyway, 50s. Um, I forgot what I was saying. But yeah, I think that... I guess we'll have to have that conversation when we actually. Oh, get the to- Nazis and everything. Yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just not a. It's not a. In my opinion, it's not a far-fetched idea. No, that, no, that no, is no. It's normal. Not, yeah. Like, yeah, the, obviously, who who would have been the organization to find a lost, <laughs> ancient relic that would have been like, yeah, dude, that's just fake storytelling. The crazy people that were trying to take over the world with using that same type of bullshit paranormal power, you know? Yeah. I think you're totally right. I think that's the whole disappointing part about it is that this is all just... <laughs> I play too many video games. It just I know all makes story. sense. Like it, yeah. like, it just makes sense that King Arthur and, and his his little tribe of man would just be like, just bury it like that. That's fine. Just and and like just that. think that they're doing such a great job and they're not. Um, even the, the shovels that they use is like old technology. It's like old uh, horticulture tools. It's not like... They have really nice, pristine shovels. It's like, yeah, this is just bone on a stick, and mm-hmm. you know we're just digging, just moving here. the dirt. Yeah, um, exactly. The so cyborg does mention that they are in Italy, um, I believe, at one point. So again, this sets in a fact that if they are in Italy after just getting this box and being told to go and do away with it, if they're in Italy. They're in the same area as if where Themyscira would have been. Yeah, right. They would have just like gone into like some random forest and been like, "Okay, here we 
like only us know of this thing. The head nod of everybody is like, we're keeping this secret. Nobody else knows about it. We're still like in Italy. Let's just go back to the boats and make our way home after this. It would also make sense if the land that Zeus was like, all right, Amazons, you're going to live on this island isolated. It's also going to be where the anti-life equation is. I'm just going to cut that right out and just... That's what I'm saying. That was my main point. Like, that's why he... If if the Amazon... If the anti-life equation is imbued into the earth, it has yeah. to be on Themyscira. Yeah, people would be like, oh, Am-, like the Amazons would be like, oh, thank you, Zeus, for protecting us. He's like, nah, protecting the anti-life equation. But y'all can yeah. just stay here and guard it and feel like you're special. It's like, that's yeah. that's the POS type of Zeus that I would think like, would yeah, be Yeah, no, like, no, no. There's an actual hidden yeah. power here. This isn't your land. Yeah. This is... Have my kids. You guys have the strongest yeah. force. I figured you would protect it. Yeah, and I'm also going to give you Diana, and you're going to make her protect it. Exactly. You're gonna. Yeah. That's my god killer. That's you know she's going to protect the anti-life equation, and become the there next go. god of war. So there selfish Zeus being selfish Zeus. And I think so. Yeah. Um. Um. I want to want to talk a little bit more about this King Arthur. Season. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So. I just decided to have some fun and try to guess at who some of these people were. And so pause it. Good. Oh, you, you missed it. So you paused it on a, on a right there. So pause it right here. Yes. So we're at a, at a point that we're looking at, um, King Arthur looks around at his, his, his gang. And, uh, we pan over to three characters. Far right is a blonder gentleman with a goatee. Um, Behind him is a guy on a horse with a with a cool helmet, and to the far left is a man with very jet black hair, long and wavy, mm-hmm. Ala Fabio, or Thorn um, Oakenshield, or Thorn Oakenshield. Perfect. So I was trying to just think about who these people were, mm-hmm. why they have screen time. Obviously, think going into the Star Wars mindset. And Mark, I'm going to tell you something. I think that this gentleman with the long black hair to the left is Lancelot, and the guy on the horse is Gwaine. Interesting. The main one, I'm pretty sure that this is Lancelot, this guy with the long black hair. 100%. I will put money on that being Lancelot because of how Lancelot is depicted with the long hair and being the pretty boy. Normally in, in the storytelling of, of Arthurian mythology, Lancelot was the, was the pretty boy. You know? Lancelot has to be the prettiest one um, I don't. Wayne usually had the giant helmet and was the big motherfucker. Sorry, but he was the big guy, big helmet. I think there are some other people with helmets on the horses, so I could be completely wrong, and it's just that's their helmet. But oh, um, there's some guy right I'm here putting money in the edge of the frame. He has a horned helmet too, as well. Yeah. He's got a horned helmet too, but um, they all the guy that character. looks over at Arthur. That's got to be Lancelot. I'm looking, I'm trying to look for a halberd. There also seems to, um, I think there's a woman in the company as well, which is kind of an uh, interesting detail, um, which is kind of cool. I like that. Um, I'm looking for the weapons that they use because normally the weapons, like obviously with Lancelot, if he has a halberd, um, you can see one guy actually has a spear on his back. Uh, if I can just find it. Right here in the middle, you can see a spear behind this person, almost. Mm-hmm. And obviously, King Arthur has his Excalibur out. Um, but Lancelot, I do agree with you. The, the man is very handsome. 
It could be Lancelot. <laughs> if he had a halberd, it would be 100% like that's Lancelot. Um, the guy here, the tall blonde one that's next to him, has... Oh, wait, that's not his axe. It's the person next to him. But he has a hammer. Like a mallet. So usually the weapons, too, are kind of like make me think like yeah, who they Yeah, they would, would kind of tell. One person that I tried to look for was Ray Porter. I was looking again to find that kind of character because I remember like the armor pieces on his sleeves and like the gauntlets that he was wearing um, in yesterday's minute. So I was trying to see if I could find that same character, but I don't see him among these people. Mm. And then this person here standing... Yeah, but, uh... My thought process of them still being in Italy where the where the thing would happen, they would have to have gone and made the, the, the case for the mother box somewhere. And I would assume that they went back to England to make that. You think they like brought it back to England and then buried it somewhere? Well, they buried it in Italy, obviously. But the blacksmith, if they didn't set up shop at the battleground or in this area if 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 the battle took place in italy or anywhere near it i don't i think they would have had to gone back to england to get the blacksmith to to do his thing unless they were like hey can we use one of your forges in the meantime before we head back and possibly yeah these are still the men from from those you know from yeah and then they were just they're like all right we'll just bury it somewhere in italy while we're here because that's another thing men would do they would just be like i'm too lazy we had to take it all the way back what if we lose it? What if we die in transit? So they're just like, I don't know. Why don't we just bury it while we're here? And then we just or, leave. Or the whole mindset of, of man, like we can't, we can't have this thing in the kingdom because it will corrupt men. They will always be wanting this power. Everybody will be fighting for this. That's we don't true. have a society like you Atlanteans and like you Amazons where, you know, not, not all of man was here to see this. So, that is true. You don't, you don't have your random people that just want that power fighting and, and trying to usurp the the throne. Yeah. King Arthur would probably know that. He'd probably be like, yeah, this is not something we could take back with us. Because mm-hmm. once men find out, once, you know, that we have such an artifact with us that we're bringing back, they would want that treasure. And it's not I mean, treasure. the dude did it himself. He he heard of the, the grail and sent a shit ton of people to go look for some bullshit. Yeah. You're absolutely right. In that mindset, you'd be like, uh-uh, we got to nip it at the bud. We got to lose it now and don't tell anybody. You're probably right. Yeah, that's probably the best guess. Yeah, so they took what they had, they created it, the casing for it, and they just left it in Italy, and then they returned home would probably be the best bet. Yeah, I agree with that. I wonder if Zach actually has these characters named out. You think he does? Yeah. These other guys that are here in this picture? I think with the with the passion that man has for Excalibur, he would want to make a round table of his own and to make the costumes and to give them identifying, you know, weapons or armor pieces or what have you. I feel like he would take it upon himself to be like, "Yes, obviously if I'm making King Arthur, I'm going to be making his named court like they're there they're already there i'm not making this up right this is king arthur i just want to make sure that we are all in agreement of that 
because now it's like now we're now we're questioning have we been wrong the entire time <laughs> it's the ancient king of man his excalibur look his sword looks like excalibur i'm pretty sure this is king arthur i don't think we're wrong in that his i'm trying to think of who would have been a prominent ruler no, I, of I, mankind in that time i think we're other correct. than julius caesar but like if we're led to believe Julius Caesar hasn't happened yet or hasn't had his empire yet. Um, the other one we said was Xerxes. Like, but that doesn't line up timeline-wise with, with, with Caesar. Yeah, I, I hope we're not wrong in just assuming this, but I'm pretty sure, like I'm willing to put money now, this yes. is King Arthur. Like this, that that is him. Like, sure, he's not. No one's ever saying his name or coming out with it, but it's like that's King Arthur. That is that is totally King Arthur sword and everything. Why would you just have like a just bland King of Man for that reason? You know, but like I, it's just it's just everything points to like this is him. The Knights of the Round Table motif, like to get the circle with the twelve dots. Holy Grail, it's his favorite movie. Excalibur was in the last movie, you know, Bruce Wayne seeing Excalibur. Like, this is him. This is him. It just totally is. Um, I don't know. It just made me think about it real quick. I was like, I hope we're just not. I've. You're not in alone in that thinking. I've, yeah. There's been multiple times where I'm like, oh, my God, what if I'm wrong? Like, what if it's not Arthur? But, like, it's all signs point to it being. And if it's not, hey. Then it's his father. You th- then, then you it's pulled the damn fast one over our eyes. Let me tell you if that much. If it's not King you, you Arthur, once. then it's his. You know, it's his father. You know, before Excalibur, which I can't remember his name. So I will look it up real quick because I do not want to be wrong. Uh, okay. Do you remember his father's name? No, but Jude Law played the bad guy in that one movie. Uh, Eric Bana played his father. There we go. I'm close. Wait. That's the in the in the. Ridley Scott? Not Ridley Scott. The uh, the other one. The, the other guy, guy Pierce? <laughs> the guy... Guy... guy yeah. Uh, not Guy Pierce. Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie. Why did I say guy that? Guy Pierce's memento. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Jude Law, Guy Pierce. They, that, that confuses me right there. Dude, you have no idea. I don't know why. I'm pretty those... sure like, the rest of the world is, is on that same boat. It's like, I don't, I don't know. They're all on the same things. Yeah. Uh, Uther. Duh. There you go, Uther. Uther. Uther Pendragon. Then it's then it's him. Because this would make sense. I mean, I could totally see that. And then that's why King Arthur wouldn't know about the Holy Grail. And then he would send Percival to retrieve this thing. Because that would be the Holy Grail. Because King Uther actually hid it. Just like he would hide Excalibur later. And this would really help detach King Arthur from any of this Justice League nonsense. He could be free to do his own thing without knowing it. And then that's why you don't have Merlin in the picture. So maybe if it's not King Arthur, it's King Uther. Mm. Stay tuned. It's it's a very good argument. These are I'm that's something. Do you think we could do you think we could like tweet something and it would get answered? I just 
that's something. That's the thing. That's the other thing. I'd, people yeah. get answered. Like, I see screenshots of this dude saying to people all the time, even when this movie first came out, people were doing speculations or whatever. Like, screenshots of him on Vero, like, just giving answers and stuff. The whole thing with the Robin and whatnot mm-hmm. uh, years ago. Yeah, and telling him know? it was actually Dick Grayson and not Jason yeah, Todd or like, Tim Drake or anything like that. I would Tell me if, if this is Arthur. And if it is, great. If it's not... Do I get a second guess? Uther. <laughs> yeah, part of me wouldn't even be uh, surprised if he was just like, no, it's actually King Uther. It's his father. Then you're like, then I'd be like, absolutely. Yeah. And I'd be like, okay, cool. Now that you see we're on the same page, how did you get to Uther? Yeah. And he's like, well, because King Arthur isn't, you know, he does his own thing. He has his own shit going on. He's got his own story. This would be Uther's story. Yeah, this is how he hides their Holy Grail. And then Percival comes later to retrieve it thinking it's the all-giving magic relic. And then turns out that's not a good thing. And that's how you get that story. Well, that's believable, ha- too. We'll have to leave this. This is how we should end today's episode. And okay. people who listen, uh, yeah, maybe spread the word. I don't know. Let's talk about Tell us what you think. Yeah. Now that I think about it, it probably makes sense if this isn't King Arthur. Maybe it is his father, because that would totally lead up to that. Planting the seeds, you know, planting the mother box, planting the seeds for his son later. And this movie is all about planting seeds. This whole universe is all about planting seeds, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, I know what you mean. That's just kind of like popping a big bubble, though. (laughs) Yeah, because I've been going so long thinking that this was Arthur and his court. And I think I'm still thinking that is what it is and who it is but uh now i'm just you know reasonable doubt it, i could be wrong now that i'm thinking about a man who really likes excalibur i could totally be wrong you know yeah. because if someone was like no you have no idea how much i like excalibur so much that i'm gonna do a story about his dad not about him and I'd be like, prequel to all this stuff. And I'd be like, damn, that's so smart. I'm such an idiot. I can't even, yeah. I can't write stories. I can't think like that. It's like, like, what if he just hits you with like, yeah, no, like this is like them doing this. And then, you know, they go on and do the story of yeah. Excalibur. And then you'd be, you'd, he'd be like, well, you're right. This is Gawain, but this is Gawain before he joins King Arthur. This is when he's still younger and working with King Uther. And it's like, oh, okay. I get it. Just way hmm. ahead of our time. Hmm. We're thinking like so like directly, and he's like, no, I'm thinking outside of the bigger universe of King Arthurian stories and thinking about the, how the Pendragon lineage starts from. That's what we're missing. Because yeah. King Uther has a sword at one point because he calls for it. He can call for it whenever he wants, and Merlin's like, please don't use a sword like that, and then he throws it in the lake later. So King Uther can have Excalibur. We're going to end it there. <laughs> Let's end it there because that's way too much to think about. I'm not going to. I, I want to leave it up to the people who listen to the show and let us know your thoughts about King Arthur. Um, if you guys enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minute and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society, where you can join us to talk about today's minute or any minutes you guys are catching up on. And we will catch you guys tomorrow for minute number 69 of Zack Snyder's Justice League.